Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. I just want to encourage you in the Lord this morning with a word I just felt like the Lord was depositing in my heart even this morning. So I'm not going to follow my notes, media. I want to encourage you in what the Lord is doing here at Celebration. Before I jump into this word, I just want to encourage you. I want to tell you, God is moving in our church. I want to tell you that it might look different. And I realize it might make you a little uncomfortable. I hope, I hope that just maybe we've crossed that bridge in, in already in the past. But here's what's going to happen. Not everybody is familiar with what God is doing here. This is new. It's different. And, uh, you know, you take a look at, at Azusa Street or the Welsh Revival or any revival in history as God begins to move. There's always that question. People who are not familiar with what God is doing, they always question and say, well, is that really God? Is this really, you know, is that really God? I've never seen that before. And, uh, you know, we can always remind them, yeah, so, so was everything that God did, that Jesus did in his ministry. You could say that of, we, they'd never seen that before. They'd never, Peter had never, never seen himself walk on water before, you know. Uh, nobody had ever seen somebody spit on the mud and put mud on a blind man's eyes. It was all different, you know. Nobody ever saw the, the man that was lowered through the roof. That was just unheard of. You just didn't go tear up somebody's roof to get somebody in front of Jesus. You know, it was all new, but it was, it was very much God. God was moving, and he was doing something. And obviously, we know that, you know, we know now, we know who Jesus is. Some, you know, didn't quite fully get it then, but now we really know. And so I just want to, I, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you as people come and they say, well, you know, what's happened? Be ready. Be ready to say, hey, just come sit with me. And uh, it's, it's unmistakable. The presence of the Lord here is, you, you can't deny that. But some people don't understand all the, uh, what's happening in his presence. So, so help, help that along. Uh, it takes time. In John chapter 4, we're going to find one of those stories that was a bit unique it was something out of the ordinary. <clears throat> you might be familiar with this story with the Samaritan woman. But in John chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed, everybody to say needed, got to say it right. He needed. <laughs> he needed to go through Samaria. You see, there was, there was a woman at a well that he had to meet. He didn't have to go this way, but he needed to go this way. 
Sometimes God will do things in your life that seem a little unusual. Jesus had a, there, there, was, a, there was a stirring that had risen up, go figure, uh, about him. And the stirring was, he's baptizing more people than John the Baptist. The people were getting, they were upset with John the Baptist. The religious leaders were frustrated about John the Baptist. Remember, they were the ones that went out and they were watching John baptize in the Jordan. And John was the one that looked the religious leaders in the eyes and said, you vipers, you brood of serpents. You whitewashed tombs. Remember the story. So they were already a little upset with John, but now they're really ticked off because Jesus has a following greater than John the Baptist, and his disciples are baptizing more people than him. Things are getting out of control, Jesus. you got to turn down the volume. Stop making a scene. There was a woman in Samaria that needed to step in to the baptismal waters. There was a woman who had been drinking from fountains that didn't satisfy. There was a woman in Samaria that that had had found herself at, the Bible says, broken cisterns. She She was drinking from cisterns that couldn't satisfy. She was drinking from wells that held no water. And there, Jesus, the Bible says, it was there that Jesus needed to go. He had to go to Samaria because somebody needed to step in to the baptismal waters. It wasn't just Jesus got there and and he, and he wasn't just talking about being immersed into John's baptism. He wasn't just talking about this this earthly natural baptism. No, he he said if anyone will drink of the waters that I give it will be springing up on the inside of him eternal life. There was a there was an immersion into the Holy Ghost that John was that Jesus was prophesying about. It was it, it was just like a couple chapters later in John chapter 7 where Jesus found himself at the at the last and greatest day of the feast and said if anyone's thirsty let him come to me and drink it, it sounds so familiar with this Samaritan woman if you'll drink of the water that I give you'll never thirst again I am, Jesus said, I am the fountain of living waters. He's the fountain of living waters is here today. He, he, he didn't have to come this way. He didn't have to walk through Akron today. He didn't have to walk into Celebration Church today, but he needed to. There was somebody at, at Celebration Church that needed him. There was somebody sitting at the well saying, Jesus, I need a drink of something that satisfies. Jesus, I'm, I've been drinking of broken cisterns and I, I need the refreshing waters of heaven today. Jesus, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. I'm not satisfied with Jacob's well. But there's a, there's a deeper, richer well that I can drink from today. That, my friend, and Jesus needed to go to Samaria because there was somebody who was thirsty. I don't know, but maybe, maybe today, if, if you're thirsty for Jesus, he'll come to your well today. He'll, he'll come sit down with you today. He needed, he needed to go. It wasn't for Jesus' benefit that he went, 
But he went because there was a Samaritan woman who was thirsty. <clears throat> In verse 5, it says, So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about noon. It was the sixth hour. We know the story. The disciples are hungry. It's lunchtime. They leave Jesus at the well, and they go into town to get some food. They went to get their po' boys and some gumbo and some crawfish etouffee. Or what, but your Bob Evans, whatever you eat. And Jesus is sitting at the well. And a woman, a woman of Samaria, came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. As you begin to yield today, him and it, it, it's just so simple it really is so simple he's sitting at the well he says give me a drink it's a it's a it's an act of submission an act of surrender it's all he needed he didn't ask for him for this woman to fill up a bunch of gallon jugs and bring them to his ministry headquarters at Peter's mama's house. <clears throat> he didn't ask for $1,000, give to my ministry and I'll pay your mortgage. He didn't ask for that. He said, give me a drink. Today, your worship, that simple act of surrender, Lord, I'm thirsty. And I'm in need of you. Lord, it doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter about our religious laws. I'm a Samaritan. I'm a Gentile. And I'm talking to a Jewish man. I'm a woman. And I'm talking to a man. All, all of those barriers melt away in his presence. All of the barriers. All of the obstacles. All of the things that will try to keep you out of his presence. The things that will try to keep you from drinking at the wells of eternal water. All of the things, all the obstacles, all the beliefs about yourself. All of the past. All the issues. Jesus said, just give me a drink. Today, you don't have to try to fight through and break through. Just surrender. Just surrender your past, surrender your issues, surrender your hang-ups, surrender the obstacles. Just give him a drink. Lord, I surrender. That's all he needed was her surrender. And she, she offers a drink. She asks him about the, the hang-ups. How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink for me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. He just wanted her surrender. He just wanted her to say, I'll give you my cup, but can you overflow in my life? 
Jesus, I, I'll give you my, my life. I will give you as, as simple as it is, as base, as humble as I am. I'll give you my cup. But Jesus, could you overflow in me? That simple surrender, friend. That simple surrender to say, Jesus, I'll give you my cup. I'll give you my life. Oh, but it's the tendency of my God to overflow. So would you overflow in me? It's, it's the nature of God to, bring, to, to be eternal springs of living water. He is, he is an abundant supply. He is an overflowing supply. So, Jesus, I give you my cup. I give you my brokenness. I give you my past. I give you my hurt. I give you my issues. But, God, would you overflow in me? It's that simple, friend. Jesus said, you would have asked, if you knew the gift, I wonder this morning how many people maybe here today or in churches across America, Jesus has taken his seat at the well, but we miss the gift that's sitting right with us. Jesus has taken his seat among us today, and I pray I so pray today that it, it, as his glory has filled this room, it is unmistakable, his tangible reality that's here today. And I hope, I hope, I hope that you don't miss the gift that's walked into the room. You could be sitting in your seat today. Listen, you could be five years old, 10 years old, 17, 18, 50, 70, 80, 100. It doesn't matter how old you are. You're in the room today. You're watching via live stream. doesn't matter. The gift of God is sitting before you. You have the opportunity to press pause on life. Say, nothing else matters. I've got to get a drink. Nothing else matters. I've got to offer my cup that he would overflow. I just got to surrender myself that he might overflow in me. I, nothing else. Bob Evans doesn't matter. My family plans don't matter. My church agenda doesn't matter. Whether we sing my song or not, it doesn't matter. I've just got to get to Jesus. I've got to sit at the well and say, Jesus, would you overflow in me? I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, friend. Doesn't matter, you could be born again for 50 years, but there's still more of him to drink. There's more to take in, there's more to receive. My goodness, I'm so blessed every week by Bob Sloan, 92 years old, and he's still drinking from the fountain of living water. He'll shout you down. I mean, he'll, he'll shout you down this morning. It's a blessing. God, I, I'm thirsty for you. <laughs> if you knew the gift that was sitting in front of you. Now, it's interesting. She immediately, in verse 11, goes to the mechanics of how this is going to work. Isn't that just like a good religious person? Well, Jesus, you're thirsty. You've got to have something to draw the water with. 
You, you don't have a bucket. You don't have anything to get the water up with. How are you going to drink of this water? Are you greater than our, our father? Are you greater than Jacob? Are you, are you greater? How are you going to do this? Isn't it just like our carnal religious selves to try to figure out how God ought to do something? Here, God, here, here let, me, let me offer you assistance that you, you, you need. I have a bucket. You're thirsty. Let me serve you. And we come to church and we serve him. We have this idea that he needs something from us. Let me, let me offer to let me build you something, Jesus, that you didn't have. Let me build you a church. Let me build you a kingdom. Let me, let me build you a Sunday school class. Let me build you a small group. Let me build you a worship ministry. I'll serve you, Jesus. I'll give you something to drink. And we think that, that somehow our surrendered life has become the source of his blessing. My surrendered life has, has now added value to him. He's become more of a king because I've surrendered my life to him. Don't get, don't get quiet on me when I'm telling you the truth. Oh, look at me. Jesus wanted a surrendered life not because he needed her surrendered life. She needed his water. It wasn't about him needing a cup to draw from the well. It was about her needing living water. And if we're not careful, we could come into church and our performance, our songs become about us. Our pews become about us. Our buildings become about us. Our, our comfort, our desires. The services become all driven about what makes me comfortable, what makes me, what makes me feel good in church. It's all about me, pastor. And we forget that a surrendered life means that Jesus leads the way. If we want to drink of eternal waters, if we want to overflow, if we want to be overflowing with God, then that means that we have to follow his lead. We have to surrender to his direction. And if he says, sing throne room 500 million times, <laughs> I, I, listen, I've been there. I've been in church services where I've thought, are we going to sing that song again? <laughs> uh, where we're going to pray for people again? Our catchers are going to catch people again? We're going to do, we're going to do, I've been there. The carnal nature rises up. You're like, we're going to do this again. God, I'm hungry. So if you say do it. I'll lay hands on the monitor until it falls off the stage. God, whatever it takes, Lord, I'll, I will, I will march around the If you want a cup, if that's all you want is a cup, I'll give you a cup. I'll surrender my life. If that's what you're after, I'll give it to you. I just need you. This morning, I just hear the Holy Ghost saying that some of you got to turn loose of your agenda. 
You got to turn loose of your order, of your control, of what you want it to look like. Jesus, I'll give you my bucket. We could do it my way. We'll put, I have the best bucket around. I went down to Ace Hardware and bought the best bucket there is. I skipped Lowe's and Home Depot to make sure I got the local. Why, well, it's good. I didn't get no, you know, orange Home Depot bucket. I got the Ace Hardware. It's good. You can use my bucket. Send it on down there. Do it my way. I'll give you a drink. I'll give you the real one. Jesus said, if you knew the gift, you would ask him for living water. Jesus answered in verse 13, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. We can do it your way, but it's going to leave you thirsty. You can stay in control. You can try to do it your way. But you're going to find out after you drink that water that you're still thirsty. You can send the bucket down, pull that water up. It's Jacob's well. It's a great well. He drank from it in times of famine. You, you can do it. He dug that well. You can do it. But guess what? You're going to be thirsty when you're done. But he goes on to say, but, verse 14, Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him. Little lady, little sir, you've been sitting at this well, trying to do it your way, drinking from the waters that don't satisfy, and you're still trying to stay in control when the King Eternal. The one that created all things is sitting right here with you. And he offers to you living water. Water that will cause you to never thirst. Oh, you'll take a drink. You'll take a drink of it and it will satisfy every longing that you ever had. But it will leave you wanting more. That's why Jesus said, put that verse back up, please. That's why Jesus said, you could take a drink. but it's gonna become a fountain. You'll start off with a drink. One drink will do you, but it can be more than that. It can be a fountain. It'll spring up on the inside of you. It'll, it'll rise up. You'll have a drink and it, it will leave you longing for more and before you know it, there'll be a fountain of living water bubbling on the inside of you. What's bubbling on the inside of you today? Are you still thirsty? Are you sitting at the well today saying, my God, I, I've been sitting here for years and, 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 and I, I keep drinking, but I keep drinking of the wrong waters. I keep drinking of the waters of control. I keep drinking from the waters of my own desires. I keep drinking from, uh, and I'm just not satisfied. I'm not talking today about whether or not you're a Christian. I'm talking today about what are you drinking from? 
What cisterns are you drinking from today? Paul told us to keep on drinking from the wells of living water. It's not just about one drink. In Ephesians 5.18, he says, drink, drink, and drink again. Drink, drink, and drink again. Keep on drinking. Keep on drinking from the waters of eternal life. Verse 15, the woman said, Sir, would you give me this water that I might not thirst nor need to come here and draw? She heard him, but she didn't really hear him. As a, as a preacher, I, I get this. Because I say things a lot, and you all sit there and you say, Amen, preacher! And then you tell me the very thing I was telling you not to do. <laughs> I get it. We're all, we're all stubborn humans, still trying to control and to hold on. Jesus is telling her, no, you need to drink of me. I'm not talking about this stupid fountain, lady. I'm not talking about the water and the pail that fetch a pail of water. I'm not, we're not doing that. I'm talking about drinking of me, drinking of the Holy Ghost. And she's still stuck on. So, so if I drink this water, you're going to make it turn into something here that I don't, ever, I don't ever have to come back here again? She's still stuck on the well. If we're not careful, he's looking us right in our faces. He's eye to eye with you. He's telling you the drink. Stop struggling and striving on your own. He's right here. He's right here. And, and we keep coming back with, but, but we could do it this way, but we'll do it this way. You mean, but we'll do it that way. And we keep coming back with our butts and our ands. <laughs> but, And that's not what he's after at all. Just surrender. Stop talking about the fountain. It's time to stop talking about the fountain. And it's time to start drinking. Lady, it's time to stop talking about the fountain. And it's time to start drinking. There's a whole difference from sitting at the river's edge and getting in the river. I'm not a swimmer. You all know that. But when I go to the water and I, I go with the family, I can sit out on the edge and I watch. And Jonathan will splash water on me, trying to get me to, you know, draw me into the pool. And Zoe will come, Daddy, would you, you know, whatever. He doesn't swim. He drowns. <laughs> doesn't matter how much you tell them. They want you what? In the water. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever noticed that when you get out into the water, it has its own climate? 
It has its own ecosystem. It, it, it has its own... It moves. You can sit out on the edge of the water and pontificate about the movements of the water all day. You can sit out on the, on the edge of the pool and talk about how much chlorine you think's in there. You can sit there and say, oh, that looks like fun. Oh, they just jumped in the water. I wonder how deep that is. And you can, you can pontificate about that water all day. I bet that water is cool and refreshing. I bet getting in that water, they're having fun. I bet that, that would be so much fun. You know all the things you could do in the water? But when you step into the water, when you start drinking of the fountain of living water, when you start drinking from the river, everything changes. Jesus said to her, Hey, go get your husband. Now, we know where this is going. <laughs> you see, sometimes when, if you want to drink, if you really want to surrender, Jesus goes into the deep issues of your heart. When you start drinking of living water, when you, when you drink H2O, when you drink water, it affects every part of your being. You drink H2O, it goes into your body, it affects your brain, it affects every, your blood cells, every part of your body is affected by drinking water. When you begin to drink of living water, every part of your life is going to be affected. Every part. How you think is going to be affected, your emotions are going to be affected, how you live is going to be affected. And guess what? All of those secrets that nobody else really knows about is going to be affected. And our natural response when Jesus says, go and get your husband, well, <laughs> we don't really want to talk about that, Jesus. I don't have a husband. Half truth. Let's not talk about that, Jesus. I'm drinking. Oh, yeah, we're having fun in church. Hallelujah. And then Monday morning we wake up and the Holy Ghost smacks you in your face because you have a bad attitude because it's Monday morning. Can't we go back to laying on the floor in church on Sunday? Man, that was good. <laughs> now it's Monday morning. I got to get up and go to work and be nice to people. And the Holy Spirit starts poking at you. Okay. Time out. And, and you respond like the woman. I don't have a husband. I don't have a bad attitude. You got the wrong person, Jesus. You need to go talk to, go talk to my wife. She's the one with the bad attitude. Go talk to my husband. She, he's the one with the bad attitude. Not me. Jesus looked at her and said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. And Jesus went right to the heart of the issue. You're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five. <laughs> Goes right to the heart. You're right. You ain't lying. You ain't got no husband. You had five. And the one you're with now, he ain't your husband. 
when the Holy Ghost comes, man, he just, he reads your mail, he tells you. Don't get mad. Get glad. <laughs> Some of you will get that when you go home. You <laughs> Don't get mad at him. Just surrender and say, okay, you're right. And she says, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. <laughs> you think <laughs> you think you're a prophet? It, it, took you, it took you all the way to this point to realize he had to call you out on your issues before you recognized he was, he was at least a prophet. That's so true, though. Man, that's so true. I'll just, I'll just make it real, real. That's, that's, that's so true. We have to sometimes have Jesus, like, smack us in the face and say, this is your issue, dude, before we recognize, hey, God's actually speaking to me. And she starts going into all the religious stuff. But I love Verse 25, she said, I know the Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he's going to tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Can you just picture with me for a moment? This woman has been maybe a little passive aggressive through this process. <laughs> maybe trying to avoid her issues. Maybe a little control for your kids. She doesn't want to let go. She wants to do it her way. And probably all for good reason. I mean, after all, man, I hope I'm not offending people today. They're just dropping like flies. <laughs> little by little, God began to pull back the surface. She probably had good reason to have those issues. She'd been through life. She had five husbands. She probably was a control freak. She'd probably been hurt. She probably had all this stuff that had just built up over time. But in this moment, it's one of those Mary moments, what I call them, when Mary was in the garden and she thought she was talking to the gardener and Jesus looked at her and said, I'm he. It was kind of one of those moments. The Samaritan the one who speaks to you, I am he. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, you just got it. All of, the, all of the junk and all the garbage and all the excuses and all the control and all the issues is now exposed before the Messiah. So powerful. At this point, the disciples come back. <laughs> She's had a revelation moment. God has just, you know, come on the scene, spoken to her, illuminated her life. And here, it's like, you know, it's like a television show. Here come the disciples. Their, their bellies are full. They're happy. They just ate. Hey, Jesus, what's going on? 
Ever have someone just interrupt a moment for you? You were having like a really good God moment or just a serious moment and somebody comes in and just, hey, how's it going? You're like, oh, thanks. She goes back into the town. She left her water pot. I love that. She let go of her control. She let go of her past. She forgot why she even came. She came with a desire for water, but she got something more than she bargained for. She leaves the water pot. She goes back in town, and she tells everybody, come meet a man who told me everything. This man was different. I know men. That's what she was saying. I know men. I've had five of them and a live-in who needs to get lost. I know men. This man is different. That's what she said. You got to come meet this one. And the whole town, the whole town came out to see Jesus. Because of this woman's testimony. You see, when you begin to drink of living water, it begins to overflow out of you. God begins to release his gifts, his abilities, his power through your life. And it affects those around you. When you begin to drink of living water, there's a release out of your life. Talents, creativity, skills, abilities, things that you could never do on your own. People that you could never reach on your own. All of a sudden, that living water begins to flow out of you. And it affects people around you. If you're drinking of living water, say, Pastor, I have a hard time telling others about Jesus. Have a drink. I have a hard time, you know, studying the Bible. Have a drink. I have a hard time praying. Have a drink. Drink of the living water. Stop striving and struggling. Just surrender to him. Say, God, I give you, I'll give you my life. I'll give you my cup. I don't have to be in control. I don't have, we don't have to do it my way. I'll give you my life. I just need you to overflow. I need you to overflow. I need a drink of the living water. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Worship team, y'all can come back. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.